Hey there, folks. Welcome to Rock and Rally Tennis, where it's all tennis, all the time. I'm James Lynn. Follow us on Twitter at Rock and Rally. That's Rock underscore and underscore Rally. And on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Rock and Rally Tennis. This is podcast episode number 190. Well, that was a very entertaining 2020 French Open, to say the least. It had a little bit of everything. But congratulations to the 2020 French Open singles champions, Iga Swiatek and Rafael Nadal. For the 19-year-old Swiatek, it was her first Grand Slam singles title. In fact, it was her first tour-level title. And she did it rather convincingly. She did not drop a single set in the tournament, losing only 28 games in total and along the way, easily dispatching 2020 Australian Open champion Sofia Kennan in the final, as well as top seed and 2018 French Open champion Simona Halep in the fourth round. Halep won only three games in that match. Sviantek's game remi- reminds me a lot, actually, of uh, current world number one, Ash Barty's. Sviantek is taller and rangier, but similar to Barty, she is not one of the biggest hitters on the WTA Tour, but she is very athletic, covers the court extremely well, can turn defense into offense, plays comfortably from all parts of the court, hits a variety of shots, spins, angles, and has more than enough pop in her arsenal, all of which lend themselves well to her formidable all-court game. On this note, and similar to my comments last year after Barty won her first major at the French Open, I am glad to see an all-court versatile player like Sviantek break through. With the women's game not having a dominant champion for the past few years, I believe it is this type of player, one who can play with variety and versatility in addition to the power game when needed, that has the greatest potential to become a dominant champion in this current era of first-strike power tennis. I believe gone are the days when simply having a sizable physical edge over the field is sufficient to dominate week in and week out. These days, virtually all players have upped the physicality of their games. The differentiator will be who has more in their arsenal, and of course I'm referring to more than just raw physical strength. That said, I do believe one of the keys for Sviantek is to get a little bit stronger physically, and of course, to be prepared for the adjustments and game planning her opponents are sure to make moving forward. Sviantek is the lowest ranked woman to win the French Open in the Open era. Entering the French Open, she was the 54th ranked player in the world. After winning the French Open, she has now moved up to number 17. So needless to say, Sviantek is no longer under the radar, as she is now and will forever be a Grand Slam champion. So major props to her and her team. As her game continues to evolve, I look forward to seeing how it translates to the other majors. For the men, well, we got the matchup for the final we were looking for, Nadal versus Djokovic for the 56th time in their storied rivalry. Nadal going for an unprecedented 13th French Open title and record-tying 20th Grand Slam singles title overall to pull even with Federer, and Djokovic looking to close the gap with his 18th major singles title and second French Open title, and achieve something Federer and Nadal have yet to achieve, which is to win all four majors at least twice. Well, it was not to be for Djokovic, as Nadal was near flawless en route to dispatching Djokovic in straight sets, love two and five. Now, it's worth noting, heading into the French Open, a lot was made about the heavier and slower playing conditions in the cooler and rainy fall climate, along with a change to heavier tennis balls this year, versus the faster conditions in the warmer and drier spring climate we typically see in a normal year. The case was made that for Nadal, these type of conditions would be more challenging because his bruising topspin forehand would not bounce as high nor be as penetrating as it normally would be under the warmer, drier, and faster conditions in the spring, 
I still believe that those conditions are, you know, were what they were. And that, uh, you know, if Nadal had played the way he normally would play, it would have been a lot more challenging. But here's the thing. Having watched all seven of his matches, it was obvious to me that Nadal made a very prudent tactical adjustment to play in these slower, heavier conditions. Not to be facetious, but Diego Schwartzman probably deserves a little credit for perhaps being uh, a catalyst for this tactical adjustment. If you recall, it was Schwartzman who handed Nadal a shocking, lopsided, and rather routine defeat at the Italian Open the week before the French Open. The playing conditions at the Italian Open were wet, heavy, and slow, dampening many of Nadal's forehands of their typical action and high bounce. Now, Nadal and his team learned a lot from that loss. The adjustment Nadal made was to put a little more air under his forehands, placing a premium on keeping the balls deep and high bouncing. In other words, maintaining the high RPM on his forehands, but picking his moments to unleash high MPH. Nadal committed to this tactic and executed brilliantly, not dropping a single set in the process. So all credit goes to Nadal and his team. For Djokovic, it's back to the drawing board. However, I don't think he has any reason to hang his head. He was simply outplayed by Nadal. You also have to give credit to Djokovic for putting the debacle of his US Open default behind him and continuing his great play in 2020. Heading into the final yesterday, Djokovic had won five titles this year, amassing an impressive match record of 37-1, that one loss coming as a result of his default at the US Open. Moreover, similar to how Nadal made tactical adjustments, Djokovic added a highly effective drop shot to his clay court arsenal. It's yet another example of why these players are all-time greats. They never stop trying to get better. Now, folks, it goes without saying, I think we're all looking forward to 2020 coming to an end and are hopeful for a brighter 2021 where hopefully things return or at a minimum get closer to pre-pandemic normalcy. Well, that's all for this episode, folks. Thanks for joining us at Rock and Rally Tennis. Please subscribe to our podcast at rockandrallytennis.com. Please continue to stay safe, stay healthy, stay strong. I'm James Lynn. See you next time.